an A&E original podcast. Okay, Kirby, this is my impression of you. James Baldwin, duality, I am that bitch. Brunch. Drake! <laughs> Drake, 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 brunch, Drake. Asshole. I got it. I think I got it down. I think I got you. Okay, sis, you want to go there? Okay. This is my impersonation of you, Amira. Oh my god, guys! I just want to go out to brunch with my friends. I want to drink and twerk with my friends. I just want to go outside. And I have brain surgery, so I can't remember anything. So, like, forget y'all. <laughs> that was very good. I feel seen. Hey, everyone! Welcome to the table is the podcast where we discuss all things Black. That is Black identity, Black excellence, and Black achievement. With me is my favorite co-host, Amira Lawali. If Amira were a song, she would be Truth Hurts by Lizzo because she took a DNA test and turns out she is 100% that B. Girl, that's my song. I love that song. <laughs> and this is my co-host, Kirby Dixon. If Kirby were a song, she would be the Savage Remix by Meg Thee Stallion and Beyonce because she is classy, she is bougie, and I've been to brunch with her, she gets a little ratchet. Ah, She's all of the above. Yes! <laughs> and y'all know the drill, and I have to ask every week, girl, how are you? How are you feeling this week? What's on your mind? What, what are we thinking about? I am good. Um, what's on my mind is everyone keeps talking about Mars <laughs> and like how we get there, the aliens and y'all, oh, I love aliens. Honestly, if you guys are out there, beam me up first. <laughs> yes. Take me first. Take me too. We're a package deal. <laughs> Earth is ghetto. <laughs> like, I hate Mom, it pick here. me up. I, I hate, hate it here. here. I'm over it. Take me away. UFOs, where you at? When's the next solstice? <laughs> oh my, okay, I, literally every solstice, I'm like, beam me, beam me now, beam me now, take me now. But I was thinking about it because everyone who's like the biggest movers and shakers in that space, it's just a very white space going up there. Hello, and I'm just, Elon Musk. The idea of like another colonized planet doesn't excite me. Mm-mm. Like it doesn't, that doesn't get me moving. Yes, it's time for us to get the land that we were owed, girl. <laughs> so know. let's say Mars is Chocolate City. So, <laughs> who are we bringing to Mars first? Well, Beyonce has to be there first. Okay, Beyonce. If Beyonce doesn't go, I don't know if I'm going. Blue Ivy. Blue oh, Ivy Carter. She'd be a great governor. She'd be a great ruler of land. Yeah. Meg the Stallion. Meg, we need some rhythm. So, yes. Resident hot girl. I know. We need some moves. <laughs> some vibes. Um, I don't even think about, like, who needs to get there first. I think about, like, who I'm not letting in. Like, or who's on your cancel list then, girl? Who's not allowed into Mars? Can I even drop that? Like, I have like a long list. You know what? A better, better than like saying who cannot go. I have like a whole roster of my favorite white women that like Dr. Jill Biden. I love Dr. Jill Biden. You know who's first in line? Dolly Parton. Yes, Dolly. That yeehaw queen deserves. She gave us the vaccine. Up to Mars. Zoop, you know zoop, what? Zoop. I'm also bringing Tina Marie back from the dead, and she can go up mm, there, too. She can go. Britney? Britney Spears? You know why, free Britney? Britney. Hashtag you know, free Britney. Britney has been in the game for over 20-some years. She's never said the N-word. She's never had anything. Oh, I was young and racist. Nothing. And girl, you know who else has to come to Mars with us? Let me know. Our guest this week, the Jay Farrow, quite possibly one of the most hilarious 
interviews we've had thus far. Yep. So funny. I think we laughed the entire time. We laughed before we started. Sure did. But we had such a good conversation with him. He talked about everything from getting into the impression game at such a young age to his stint on Saturday Night Live and how he advocated for getting more black women on the cast. And we even spoke with him about his most recent interaction with the police and how it changed his life and his career forever. We went deeper than I ever thought we would. So Jay Farrow, let's get into it. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Oh my god, we're gonna have some fun with this one. I know. <laughs> For sure, we are. Your energy, like, literally, like, lit us up because it's been a day. It has but been. But we're a here. Day. <laughs> really? It's yes. only well. Are you on the East Coast or the West Coast? East Coast. Oh, okay, so it's two o'clock. Okay, so it's allowed to be a day. I'm like, yeah. If you've had a day and you're on the West Coast and it's only 11 o'clock, I'm like, man, you need Jesus. <laughs> but we are so excited to have you. Yes. Like, so, so excited. And we start off every episode the same. We ask the same question because this year has been so heavy, so chaotic for everyone. So we just want to ask. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm going to answer the question for you. Dude. Okay. I don't know why I wasn't in Coming to America, too. Okay. I don't know. Stop asking me. Stop asking me, okay? I don't know. I don't know, all right? It's, hey, I'm tired of the tweets. I'm getting the Instagram. I get the DMs. I'm yes. looking on YouTube. I see what it is. No, no, no. I'm just, just joking. You just added mind jokes. reader to the resume. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> a good question. Teen hobbies. I see That's a it. good question. Yeah, I have literally turned into that so Raven over the past year. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it, like Raven Simone, but, you know. With a man's body. That's a good mashup. That is the question, though. Why weren't you in Coming to America too? Oh, I, hey, man. You know, <laughs> the Lord works in mysterious ways. That's all I'm going to say. So this year's been so chaotic. We just want to know, how are you? Like, how are you really? How are you handling everything? You know what? Through all of the tumultuous events that have happened and occurred over the last 12 months, I can honestly say um, I'm alive. Um, uh, my family is, my family is alive. I'm out here working Mm -hmm. constantly. I mean, there's so much that's dropping and I'm so thankful for it. And, um, just to be alive, just to be working and just to still have a voice and have a fan base, man, I I feel like I'm blessed. So I'm good. How about y'all? How are y'all? Nobody asked y'all, how are y'all doing (laughs) during this pandemic? (laughs) I think... I mean, we're doing great. I know it sounds cliche, but Amira and I, Amira is my girl. So we've had each other uh-huh. throughout this entire uh, panorama, Ponderosa, whatever you want to call it. Um, Ponder replay. Yeah. And I think it's overall been been good. I can't complain. Like you said, I'm blessed. I'm healthy. My family's healthy. Mm-hmm. And we're surviving and thriving. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you have any survivors on your side, but there's definitely COVID survivors on my side. Yes. And, mm-hmm. um, 
just thankful that, you know, uh, some of my family members don't have the lasting long effects and some of them struggle with it. Some of them didn't, but they're still here. And that's the most important part. Yeah. And my grandmother's never going to catch COVID because she takes garlic every day. And she always <laughs> tells me every time, <laughs> every time I hit her up, she's like, did you take your garlic? Honey, I ain't worried about I, I ain't worried about COVID, honey, because I take my garlic. I take my echinacea. I take my vitamin C. I take everything, honey, honey child. That's what you got to do, honey child. And only person I'm worried about, and I ain't worried about no man because I'm 83, honey child. Only man I got is Jesus. He's so sweet. But yeah, it's unfortunate for folks who have uh, succumbed to, well, death. Yeah. You know, my boy, uh, Fred, the godson, uh, unfortunately, he passed away. Fred was a good dude, man. And, you know, Above all, uh, super talented, but there's so many different cases like that. I know when I heard Larry King got it, man, I was I was skeptical and I was so sad because, you know, Larry King is a good he's a good dude. And ultimately, he passed away from it. So to be able to overcome that virus is a victory in itself. So, yeah, I'm just just like I said, happy, happy to be here. And it's yo, (laughs) it's funny, too. I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this because. (laughs) When they were describing like the they were describing everything, saying people could be asymptomatic or, or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my aunt, <laughs> my aunt was like, listen, honey child, my aunt, they all say honey child. My my aunt, yeah. my grandmother, they say honey child. We're from love Virginia. It. I you love know what it. Seven five seven. So, you know, she say, honey child, I ain't worried about it because I ain't I ain't systematic at all. And I ain't never been systematic. Oh my I said gosh. it's <laughs> It's it's symptomatic. Not a, that's what I'm talking about. I ain't never been systematic. I ain't never been systematic. They wanted me to be systematic back in the 90s, honey child, but I ain't systematic at all, honey child. So I ain't worried about catching no. I ain't worried about catching no coronavirus, honey child. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a player. I just crush your lives. I said, what you say? Said, I'm not a player. I just crush your lives. This is that big pun song, baby. I don't. I ain't a player. I just crush your lives. He said, crush your lives. He said, crush your lives. She always gets stuff wrong. It's so funny. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Your family sounds like a blast. Hilarious. Quarantine is going to be a movie for you. I know. Yeah, I'm writing it right now. It's called The Pharaohs. Yeah, that's my yeah. breakout. I'm playing every role. You'll finally see me put on a dress. <laughs> okay, Eddie Murphy, here we go. A moment. <laughs> All jokes. But that's amazing. We are so glad and so happy to have you here. Glad to hear you're doing well and your family's doing well. Yep. But we're going to jump right in. Hey, before you go, <laughs> hey, before we jump right in, go. I ain't even going to lie. I got a show. I got a show on Nickelodeon called Unfiltered. Ooh. And uh, we are in the second season and we just got uh, more episodes for the second season. So yes. God has been good to my account as well. So I'm yes. just letting you Blessings. know. Blessings. Yeah. <laughs> Blessings, blessings. <laughs> Listen, wait, what a money reside. What a money reside. What a money reside. Let me tell you this because I do this all the time. <laughs> okay, great. And that's on what? Mary had a little lamp. <laughs> I doesn't want Mary had a little lamp. <laughs> I think this interview is over, y'all. That's all we needed. Good. I know. Good. <laughs> So not everyone has the luxury of finding out what they want to do for the rest of their lives or what they're so talented at, at such an early age. And we did our research and we know that you started impressions at the age of six. So what was it about impersonating or mimicking other people that you loved from the jump and that honestly has kept you inspired all these years? Honestly, I was it was just something that I was good at that I was told I was good at and I just kept adding characters to my repertoire. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. Like I I used to be the kid that would uh love to read out loud in class. Like I wasn't I wasn't the kid that'll be stuttering while he's reading and stuff. Like I wasn't that kid. I was okay. the kid that would 
I would read, I would add characters to it. Like we were reading uh, Ebony, we were reading Scrooge. I think this is back when I was in seventh grade. And nobody thought to do this. Like Miss Horniman, God bless, rest her soul, because she's probably not here anymore, because she was like, she had to be 76 when I was 12. So (laughs) I know she's no longer available. You know what I mean? Unless she's got the Betty White pill. If she's got the Betty White pill, she is still here somehow. Or she's taking her garlic every day. (laughs) Or she's taking the garlic and the echinacea and honey child. She is fine. But I remember I was reading Scrooge and I, I put the English accent to him. And I was just, you know, I'm Ebenezer Scrooge. I was doing all of that. And the first day I did that, it impressed the class and her so much because the class, they didn't like me because I was, I was the kid in the back to be making noises. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I didn't do that. Like, I was in the back, like, the teacher say something, she'd be turning around on the board. I'd be like, gotcha. She'd be like, turn, she'd turn around looking like this. And I'd be sitting there twiddling my thumbs. That's how you know. That's how you know I did it. Because the person that did it never, never sits there is going like this. Right. Looking up like, he looks, he looks guilty. I look guilty. You know what I'm saying? So that was like the first time. That was the first time that year I could say that the, the kids and everybody was actually like, wow, he's pretty good at that. So I did it that one day and they just continued to have me keep doing it for the rest of the time. And then they kept voting me to do it. And I, I was like, man, I got something here. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I've always loved uh, being in front of people and, and, and being able to play different folks. Um, and you can probably attribute that to me not liking myself when I was uh, younger. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got bullied. I was, I was overweight, you know what I mean? So it was, you know, kids have a lot to deal with in school. They sure do. Yeah. And it's even worse now because when we were in school, the kids were the kids were mean, but now they have so much more access. They can be even meaner that much quicker. Yeah. Yeah. So coming up, just having to deal with that and, and trying to like myself, you know what I mean? I think I just fell into uh, being other people, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and being the admiration from that and, and seeing people respond to that. I think that's what just kept me going with it, man. And you know, I did community theater as well. I know y'all done your research. <laughs> I started doing theater when I was eight years old and uh, that continued on. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to explore that, um, that narrative in college. But, you know, uh, a couple of years after college, I was on SNL. So it didn't matter, baby. It yes. doesn't matter. It didn't matter. I will always love theater and, and, and drama. Drama was always my thing and getting in front of people and, and performing is my thing. And it's like, man, man, you go from that stage, you go from that to, to, to going on the road with Charlie Murphy for three years and thinking that's my SNL to actually being on that show yeah. and getting it. I'm like, wow, I don't, I think I'm the, I'm the orchestrator of my path, but when it all comes down to it, you're not, it has nothing to do with you. The only thing that you can do in your position, if you're talented and if you have dreams and you have goals and ambitions, the most important thing is to never give up the fight while you're trying to get to that place that you see mm-hmm. yourself in. Right. You know what I mean? Now, you might have already passed the place where folks would see you at. You know, you've, you've passed the expectations. Like, I used to work at Burlington Coat Factory. I guarantee nobody thought, except for the people that worked at Burlington and the folks that knew I did <laughs> comedy. Knew, yeah. That knew it. <laughs> They were just like, what is that? That's wait a minute. He used to do my layaways. He on television. <laughs> but you don't, you don't know. You don't know the past. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just important. And, and I say this to everybody: stay in it, stay faithful, and mm-hmm. know your time is coming. And and don't get jealous of other people's success because somebody else's success 
has nothing to do with yours. At all. You wake up every day. Hey, can you pay your bills? If the answer is yes, I can pay my bills. Are you eating? Yes. Am I happy? Yes. Am I breathing? Yes. Do I still get a chance to make my mark on the world and inspire people? Yes. Then what are you what are you mad about? Yeah. Yeah. We're 10 minutes in and you're already preaching. That was a whole mood check. Right. You just I'm checked just my whole mood. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you know, I'm just folks, I think with everything that has happened this year, mm-hmm. the biggest takeaway is to take every moment, take every moment that you are given and live in it and be thankful for it. Yeah. Because Life is so fragile. You've seen how many people have we lost this year? Over 450,000 people in the United States of America alone due to this pandemic because of uh, Kuko and, and his, um, <laughs> his not being able to carry out the job. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like the, the biggest takeaway is just appreciate the fact that you do have life because life is a privilege. It's not something that's given to us and it can be taken like this. Yeah, live your life, not anyone else's life. Your life. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I did a roundtable conversation with a, a few Black gentlemen in Hollywood. I, I know Derek Luke was on it, Aldis Hodge, or Algie. It was a few people up there. Mm-hmm. And when I heard Derek Luke's story about him auditioning for like 300 times before he got Antoine Fisher, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 300 times he had to fall on his face before he got that role. And that was like his first big role. It puts things in perspective when you're like, why didn't I get this? This person got this. Why didn't I get that? That person got that because obviously the Lord saw something in their life that this project would give them solidification. And maybe this project is the one that's going to put them where they need to be so they can support their family, so they can take care of uh, personal things and help other people. You never know. Yep, right. can't look at that and be jealous. You know what I mean? You can't do that because when yours comes, there's going to be somebody that's feeling exactly like that because they went out for that and they didn't get it. Exactly. You have to live in your successes and you have to say, oh, wow, that was big. That was dope. I wish I could have got that, but I know mine is coming. And when it does come, everybody who was a part of my team, everybody in my camp, everybody who has followed me this far, they're going to be so happy and we're going to be able to rejoice together. And that's what it's about. Exactly. Take us to church, Jay. Okay. I know. Okay. <laughs> a good reminder to stay in my own lane. Yes. Look, there, was, there was some there was some vodka in this lemonade. I'm just letting you know. Thank Join God. You soon. <laughs> <laughs> so you touched on SNL a bit earlier, and SNL is such like a I guess it kind of reigns supreme of what people know as sketch comedy, and like it's broken so many careers from Chris Farley to Leslie Jones, so many names that we love. So can you get into the story of like, how did you land SNL? <laughs> okay. Me and my ex-girlfriend had broken up. It's always an ex. It's always, yeah. it's always an ex. <laughs> I was so mad, man. And this was, this is at the time that, that I was putting together my audition. And then we broke up like three days before I went and auditioned. Ooh. And I was like, yo, I said, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to smash this bitch. I went in there. <laughs> I went in there for, for five minutes. I think I did, um, I had Denzel Washington at a driving school. I had Eddie Murphy at a library. I had Chris <laughs> Tucker at an insane asylum. Oh I had, uh, 
Yeah, I had, what did I have? Uh, God dang it. I, Jay-Z was doing, what the hell was Jay-Z doing? He was doing something. I don't remember what exactly. What Making Jay-Z. music. Making music, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I did two characters. I did Barnabas Dunkley. He's like this black uh, Jewish dude in his 30s. And he's trying to sell 1990 Microsoft equipment. I did that. <laughs> and and after the audition, man, the guy who was taping, who was shooting it, he touched me. And he goes, yeah, that was the that was one of the best auditions we've had in a long time. Wow. And I was like, yeah, yeah tell my ex to suck it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I went and I went and I sat. I went out there and I sat. And I think somebody else had come up to me, too, and said it was a good audition. And I was like, all right, cool. So when do I start? Didn't hear anything back. I got sent back home for three weeks. I didn't hear anything. And I had missed a call from Lauren Michaels. Mm. And and I was like, (laughs) I called back the office and I was like, "Uh, did Lauren call? And they were like, yeah, yeah, he's going to call you back. And I was like, word. But forget that, man. I'm 22, man. I'm at my mom's house, man. I got to know, man. What's what's happening, right? <laughs> so I called. I, I called back the office, and he picked up. He the first ring he picked up, and he was like, Jay. And I was like, Yes, yes. Lord. <laughs> he was like, Are you ready for your life to change? Because we think you're talented here, and you're gonna work hard. And yeah, this should be a very exciting call. I was like, Yes. I wish I would have waited and not hit you up, but it is a very exciting call, and I am ready for this, Mr. Michaels. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's that's how I got it. And I looked at my mom. I said, hey, mom. She said, what? I said, yo, you and dad can do whatever you want to do. I'm out of this. Bitch. I'm out. I'm out. Shout out to the ex-girlfriend giving you that extra little I know. Shout out. Shout out to she started a career. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hey, man, hey, at the end of the day, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. But that that's a true story. I couldn't believe I was 22 years old, one of the youngest on the show and just trying to navigate that whole world, man, of of, uh, being collaborative, especially after you used to being on the road and doing stand up. You know what I mean? It's a little it's a little hard, but. Yeah. The important thing is to get in there with people that are fans of you and, and, and do know your stuff and are willing to work with you and um, keep writing with those people and always make sure even if they pull your sketches. I got a lot of sketches pulled at that show. But uh, Chris Rock told me back in I think it was like 2011. You got to make sure you write two sketches every week, two sketches Every week, two sketches every week. Just write two, man. That's all you got to do is two. Two sketches every week. They'll put you in something. Or you could be like Tracy Morgan and buy people food. It will work. (laughs) Tracy. Because Tracy's advice, Tracy's advice was like, yeah, yo, just buy White Castle. Yo, white people love White Castle. Just bomb White Castle. Ha, 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 ha. Just bomb. <laughs> They'll love it. Listen, make those white people take shits. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never forget that. They'll be like, dang, he bought me that, though. He bought me that. And it was good. I shit myself, but I'll do it again because I'm stupid. I can't. <laughs> Real talk. So did your perception of what SNL was change from before you were cast to afterwards? Like once you kind of like go in and see behind the lights and everything, like, did it change? Well, I finally, <laughs> this is, 
I finally realized why uh, Wayne and Garth had on the same clothes over and over again. I was just like, man, I was like, man, they, they dirty. When I was a little kid, I used to watch them play. Like, they, wait a second, that's the same stuff they had on before. Like, I can't do that in my house. Like, my mom would be like, take the pants off and wash them, boy. You wore them, you wore them yesterday. You know what I mean? But they were, they were wearing the same thing. So I was like, oh, all right, they're, they're characters. No wonder. Okay, so it makes sense. Now, I had to deduce and broke that down a little bit before I got SNL. But, but it was solidified when I walked in and I saw it. I was like, yep. My suspicions are laid to rest. <laughs> I get it. You know what I mean? Um, as far as as far as them just being an institution, man, and being able to crank out material, mm-hmm. it reinforced my love to say, like, this is the institution of people who are like the creme de la creme of comedy, as far as it just being a McDonald's of comedy. Like it takes a lot to be able to come up with a, a show from scratch yeah. every week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Damn near every week. Now, we do have our hiatuses. We'll have a few weeks off that we'll take. But for the most part, you're in there and you're grinding. And to be able to do that and to be able to still have the energy to perform after you're mentally and you're physically just exhausted, like that's that's something to be said. So it just it it, it made me respect it even more. Yeah. Because I'm like, yo, we have to audition and you have to audition for your job every week. You're auditioning for that show every week. And if your audition ain't good, you ain't going to be on the show. Or maybe your audition was great, but they didn't have time to put your sketch up. So it gets cut. Right. I remember remember the Drake episode, the last Drake episode back in 2016. So good. So good. We did this this car rental sketch. And I played this character called Dewan. And we were in this rental place and, and Drake was... He had low, uh, he had low customer service skills, and so yep. did I. You know what I mean? <laughs> but originally, that that sketch was for the week before with Brie Larson, and we were supposed to do it with her, but we ran out of time. We ran out of time, and I was I was so devastated, man, because I was like, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, man, they not gonna put because they just saw it at the table. How are they gonna put that back on, right? But it was such a fun character that they we did it with Drake and it rolled. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's just all in that life is about timing, but that mm-hmm. place is just about timing. It's about knowing when to take a step back. It's about knowing when to step up and it's about knowing when to be on the team. You, you understand what I'm saying? And totally. really, those skills are invaluable. And once you learn that, you can you can really navigate that place. Now, me <laughs> learning that 2016, uh, my last year, uh, it really fared too well. But I'm super amicable with uh, Lauren Michaels, and uh, and you know, uh, he called me last year after the situation happened with you know everything, and um, you know we were just conversing, and it was really cool because I'm like, dude, you never called me before. I've never mm-hmm. had your number. And now having the familiarity where we'll text back and forth and he's like, what you working on? Or, you know, what's ha- How can I help? Like it, it's that type of relationship now. Yeah. You know, and he's always been, he's, he's always been a cool dude and has always had that belief in him. You know what I mean? He knows talent when he sees talent and he just wants it to flourish. And, and just to be on that level with him now is, is cool. You know what I mean? And I'm not on the show. So yeah. hopefully when I do have uh, film projects and things that drop, I mean, last year would have been dope because I had four that drop, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. 
Um, <laughs> I've got more movies dropping this year, and it, it would be dope to to get a chance to go up there and I don't know host or do a sketch or whatever. I'm down, man. I'm, totally. That's my family over there. Totally. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in for a little bit because you're talking about being friendly and on a text call basis with Lauren Michaels. Amir and I are super hyped to chat with you today, but for different <laughs> reasons. And the reason why I'm hyped to talk to you. <laughs> What's because, up, baby? No, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I actually started as an NBC page, so I know Lauren at, from this total purview of like God to the point where. Why are you drinking your, why are you sipping your tea? No, no I was anyway. thirsty. I was just having some. <laughs> Share the shade. Listen, um, no, but like, you know, pages are supposed to be the best representation of what NBC stands for. Right. When Lauren is walking down the hall, he holds almost like this level of God within the right. company to the point yeah. where people are afraid to even look his way, at least from like the younger perspective. And yeah. when I was in the page program, oh my God, this, this feels like full circle for me. I wasn't on the SNL talent desk, but I worked with the SNL talent team. So I was the one up till five or 6 a.m. trying to get the after parties together. I probably have ordered you a car or five at some point in my career. <laughs> what a um, moment. Such a moment. <laughs> I do but, remember you. <laughs> but the one thing that I always noticed is I've always really honored and appreciated SNL for the way, the production value. It is so yeah. impressive to see behind the scenes, but it's very obvious that it's also a very white production. So I probably at the time noticed you I noticed Keenan I think Michael Che was probably there at the time and the thing that I loved about y'all is that you're not used to seeing black pages or let alone a black person on the production team very often but y'all would always be cordial to me or nod ahead or even if you're going in between sketches and I always really appreciated that because I'm like I, I don't know anybody else around here besides <laughs> the team like nobody else looks yeah. like me um, yeah. And you've been really open in previous interviews about the lack of representation on SNL, calling it mm. Wonder Bread, and how um, you really advocated for them needing more black women, period, on the cast. Which also, like, shout out mm -hmm. to a black man that shouts out black women. Absolutely. It's refreshing. It's needed. Yeah. It's necessary. Because yeah, I'm trying to trying to get a black wife. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't, hey. It doesn't matter how we get there as long as we're there. <laughs> it doesn't. Look, like, hey, hey, I have definitely captain planted my way around this bitch. And let me just tell you. Uh, totally. uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I mean, like, the title of our podcast is The Table is Ours, and we're really trying to build tables and make our own way in a company right. that is also very white. So how did you get to a place where you could speak up about the lack of representation on a show like SNL when people think you should just be so pleased to be there. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, a lot with my, my younger self, I didn't hold back. Yeah. You know, and, mm -hmm. and I just, sometimes I'm in an interview and I just can't help but tell the truth. And I, I think what happened, I was getting interviewed and they took a quote, they took a quote that I said, and it did blow up and it, it was about the lack of uh, black women on the show, mm -hmm. which since has been pacified. You know, you got, you got ego has egos on the show right now. She's ego's killing awesome. it. You had yeah. Leslie, Leslie Jones is on the show. You had uh so she is a maid is on the show. You have even uh what's her name? Puggy Puggy. She's, she's new. She's new. I think she got hired this year. Yeah. And like Melissa Villasenor, who's not, 
black, but she's right. a woman but she's of still color. a woman of color. Right. Yeah. And even even the folks that they they look at now, sometimes they'll ask it like, do you like do you you think this person is, is good or whatever? I'm like, yeah, if I think they're dope, I think they're dope. I think they're trying now to to answer that. But when I was on the show, it was there was like, okay, you're gonna put on a dress or Keenan's gonna put on a dress or whatever. And you're just like, if there's talent out there that are able to do this, then why emasculate us? You know, not even saying that you're trying to emasculate. It's not even look, might not even be looked like looked at that way in your eyes. But it is what it is. Black man with a dress on, emasculation. Back in the days, back in slavery times there's a history with it and even if you do understand that you understand that it's for the love of comedy okay funny is funny right like when eddie murphy was playing all of the characters in nutty professor there was a reason he was playing all those characters because he had to play the grandmother he had to play the mom then he played the dad the sons and he did and and the other he did that but it made sense if i'm just if you just want to parade me out there with a with a dress on just because just to get a laugh well I feel like that's a cheap laugh it's just a cheap laugh and you can definitely come up with something better than that because what is it we don't even use what do we use what we use seven eight percent of our brains or something like that 13 at the most if people (laughs) get to that so it's like yo yo use that other 87 percent and let's come up with something let's come up with something more rewarding you know what I mean? But when you're in a when you're in the sketch world, you know that's something that has been done for so long. So when I did get the opportunity to say, yeah, there's a lot of black women out there that are funny. There are a lot of black women out there that are funny. I even tell you now, you can look at you can look at Tiffany Haddish's uh, uh She Ready, and you can see a lot of oh, funny yeah. females right. up there. For sure. How she's taking her platform and actually using using her voice to put more black women in the spotlight. Like um, God dang it! What uh, dang it wasn't uh Rodriguez? Ah, uh, God! I wish. See, I feel bad because I know faces, <laughs> but I smoke. Like, okay, <laughs> listen, Takar. I, I can say it right now. One of the funniest women that I know right now is Takara Williams. I don't know if you know who she is. She was on the Bring the Funny on NBC. Yep. She's, she's funny. Yeah. She Brisha Well, another funny one. Jay Nova, hilarious. Oh, so funny. There are folks out there. There are women out there who who are capable and do possess possess the it. Yeah. And they just need a chance to be able to show themselves because once everybody sees them, it's a wrap. Yeah. yeah. I already but, know it. But Jay, there's one thing about, and you mentioned it, and I'm so glad, again, like Amira said, like, thank you for advocating at a such an institution like SNL, which is literally building careers, but at the same time can right. also take a career away in a, mm-hmm. in a little bit of a way. But it's one thing to get you know, black women in the room at a place like SNL, it's another to make right. sure they're properly utilized. And you mentioned Sashir Zameda, who was on the show. I remember when she was cast and it was a huge deal. Yeah. But then it got to the point mm-hmm. where I forgot she was on the show because I know there's a hierarchy between like your featured players and your main players, but I forgot she was mm-hmm. on the show because I felt like she was underutilized. Like I hardly ever saw her. So what is it about kind of the structure of SNL that you think needs to change so that it's not only about getting these new comedians in the door, but keeping them there and making sure they're supported and utilized in a way in which all of America gets to see their talents. I mean, listen, the talent pool, there's an old saying, if, if something is broke, don't fix it. You're talking about, 
And respectively, you're talking about an institution that has been running for over 40 years. With, with no competition. With, with, with no competition. <laughs> I, I mean, and even if there was competition, even the competition got canceled. Yes. This show has still been going on for years. It's good. So yeah. it's a great show. I believe now they're doing they're doing a great job with finding people. Now, there are other ways to find folks as well. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people on Instagram who are not Instagram comedians. And what I and when I say that, they can actually they're actually funny. Yeah. So it's just I mean, just opening up. You got to think you got to think about a show that started in the 70s. You know, they got a way they got a way of uh, uh, scouting talent. Mm-hmm. But there's it's a whole new world out here now. So it's an easy way. Even even probably when I got casted, you know, yeah, I auditioned, but I did have my stuff on YouTube. That's not why I got the show. But after I got the show, they could they could look. Oh, wow. He does this. He does that. He does this. Yep. It's just all about it's all about showing people where the talent is and getting their eyes there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know internally what it's going to take for that to happen. But they do say young people change the world. And even with the promotion of SNL over the last four or five years, it's changed because they've taken the team and they, they've made it much younger. The creative team is much younger. Mm-hmm. Right. So you got folks who are young coming out of Harvard, Stanford, all these different places that, um, that have new ideas of how to repackage the show. And it's all about repackaging and making something better. You're not going to reinvent the wheel, right? Right. But what you do is you take the wheel and you make it a little bit better. That's what you do. And for the cats that get into the show that do have the honor of getting a chance to perform on the show, my advice is just to find those people in the beginning that you have similarities with, that you vibe with, and just write fun stuff. Have fun. Right. Forget about the pressure of uh, this might bomb. Take that out of your head. Try it. Because if you don't, if you never put it out there, you never try. You're not going to know whether it was good or not. Right. I say the same thing about young stand-up comedians, even though I'm a young stand-up comedian, but I can still tell people when you yeah. get on that stage, get on that stage and try it. Yeah. Don't don't worry about failing because it, that take that fear away because you will never break into your true self until you go out there. And you take risks. You know, I took a risk. I took a risk in that interview. Yeah. I, <laughs> it, and it and change happened. Change happened. And yeah. then the Keenan story happened and it was all, all the snowfall and then they had no choice but to change it. But you have, you can't be afraid, man. Right. You got to know, I don't know your religious background. I'm a Christian. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I I was raised Christian. I've been in church for 33 years and I, I ain't going nowhere. You feel me? Yeah. I need to be a Christian. <laughs> you know? I, need a, I, need a, I need a Christian wife. I ain't looking. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. So, you know, you just, so need that. You know what I mean? You just, but don't be scared. Don't be scared. Say what you're going to say. Be what you are. Don't front with people. Tell the truth and see where it gets you. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectionism is a struggle. Perfectionism will literally kill careers. Yeah, It'd be killing me too. I mean, we struggled. Uh. This is like when we even wanted to do this podcast. It was like, you know what, girl? We're just going to try it and we'll see if people gravitate towards it. And thankfully, yeah. we're starting to find an audience. We have people like you that are willing there to come in and chat with us. But had we waited until it was perfect, I know. Years. <laughs> and, and the thing is, the thing is, you two ladies, now I, I'm, I'm not a, I ain't a psychic or none of that. I, I can't do none of that. You know what I mean? But 
I do feel that you all have a spiritual connection. You all know that the Lord's got you. Yeah. If you have the, if you always think, man, the Lord has got me in whatever happens, doesn't matter what goes on. As long as you're faithful to him, as long as you're serving him, yeah. not yeah. serving the other side. You might, you might slip on the other side. We Damn all have. Yeah. Yeah. Put my toe in. You know, you know, put a little Louisiana Pete on your food every once in a while, but you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you got to chill. But knowing that God's got your back, man, how can you fail when he can't fail? Yeah. <laughs> a word again a word. i'm just saying again like look look what happened i could have lost my job yeah that year and i was close <laughs> i was very close i could have lost my job that year but i didn't lose my job that year and in fact 2013 to 14 on snl was my best year on the show besides my last and my first my first was good mm-hmm. that that year the 13 14 when i said whatever that was a great year and my last year i had a great year yeah so you tell me you tell me if god don't got me in that situation because i feel like god got me in that situation yeah had to he got you had to <laughs> see try it out see what happens believe trust in god don't be afraid to fail there you go. Yeah. Be good. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I do want to switch gears a little bit because I think what Amir was touching on is important. And you talked about kind of the larger context of what a black woman means being in America. But unfortunately, you've kind of openly spoken about being kind of unjustly accused of things as a black man in America as well. Mm-hmm. And last April, you were super open about an experience mm-hmm. that you had with the police. Um, this past year has been so tough, I feel like, for a lot of us, but I can't even imagine what that experience was like. Can you kind of quickly talk about what happened there? But also, first and foremost, how are you? Are you recovering from that experience? That experience that happened April 26th. April 26, 2020. Yeah. You know, it definitely did uh, make me grow up a bit mentally. Just realizing what I am in America, realizing what every Black person is in America, and that's a Black person. You're not going to change that, you know? So if a cop, police officer see you, you know what I mean? Instead of like the other side getting a chance to, and I could say the other side because it is, it is flipped. Yeah. You know, they get the they get the innocent until proven guilty, but we get the guilty until proven innocent thing. Yeah. And that's and that's really not fair. If I'm 
I'm going now. Now I'm gonna go through. Now I'm gonna go through the situation. I'm I'm exercising during the pandemic, right? Running outside of my neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? Thinking that everything is safe mm-hmm. because this is my neighborhood. I have I have busted my ass. Yep. I have sacrificed my time. I've sacrificed. I've sacrificed love. I've sacrificed everything to get where I'm at. You know what right. I mean? Because there's sometimes there's some days where some days where I'll just I got to be in my mode. I have to. I got to get it. I got to get to that next level. You know what I mean? I got to get. So I'm finally in this nice. I got a nice I got a nice crib and I got a nice yeah. neighborhood yeah. that I stay in. And um, I'm running down. I'm running down Ventura. And keep mind you, I have this thing called the Run Tracker app. Well, I used to. I used to use it. I haven't used it since that day. So the, it's so eerie because you can see the time I wow. was on the ground. Oh the gosh. whole, the whole situation, like everything is like documented. It's so weird. To, it's so crazy. Yeah, that's pretty triggering. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I don't, I don't look yeah. at it. <laughs> Even when it pops up on my phone, I'm like, no, delete notification. You know what I mean? Not running today. But it tells you when to speed up. It tells you when to slow down. So you'll run for like 18 minutes and I'll have you walk for two. I'm on Ventura. I'm running. The thing tells me to stop. It says stop running. Yeah. Going across Ventura and Corbin. I see a helicopter fly over my head. I ain't think anything of it. I'm not doing anything. I ain't think anything of it. Uh, to the left of me, this officer comes with the gun. He goes, freeze. He got his gun out. Mind you, I have on a hoodie. I have on sweatpants. I have on my head, my Bose noise canceling, my Bose noise canceling headphones. So I just happened to see him from the peripheral of my eye. I just happened to see him, right? Get on the ground. I'm thinking he's talking to somebody else. I'm like, you get on the ground. I'm me. Yeah. Put your hands behind, put your hands out like a, like you, like a airplane. Wow. I was like, okay. And I'm like, damn, this must be a drill that they're doing. Oh, nobody, boy. They about to put cuffs on you. The cop came, put his knee on my neck for a little bit. Not for, it was a second. And no George Floyd for a second. Yeah. Put his knee on me, put the cuffs on me. He's putting the cuffs. I'm like, are you putting cuffs on me? I didn't do anything. Like, what are you, what what are you, what are you, what are you doing this for? Well, you fit the description of a black man with sweatpants and a gray shirt and a gray hoodie. Wow. Okay. Really? That's all of America. That's literally everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's every, every, every black, black man I know. Every black man. Every black man I know. Has a exactly. That makes no sense. I'm like, I was like, look, man. I said, look, I don't know what this is about, but I'll tell you this. I say, I say, if you Google Jay Farrow, you will see that you're making a big mistake. As I'm on the ground, the Run Tracker app was like, run. I <laughs> <Of> said. <course. laughs> I say, bitch, I say, bitch, I cannot. And it's not a good idea right now. <laughs> I, I hear you, but I can't. Yeah, I, I hear you. To set you up, man. Oh, it, my gosh. Just but think about this. Just imagine if that app would have been telling me to run through that situation and I didn't hear the cop. And I had my noise canceling headphones oh on. We don't know what the end would have looked like. Yeah, it would have yeah. been a Oh, we know what the end would have looked like. It would have been a total. We know what the end would have looked like. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, 
I, I go back to I go back to that thing. What I was saying, understand that God has you in everything that you're doing. Yeah, He has you in everything that you're doing. I could have lost my life at that time. Now, I got pulled up. They they pulled me up and they said, oh, well, you're not the guy. They did let me go. But then what's the point of having four officers with mm-hmm. their guns out yeah. coming towards me? It's like the mental trauma that you have to also navigate after the fact. So they let yeah. you go and get to live their lives. Right. And you're still stuck with this experience that's going to be with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's right. I've, I think that's where the disconnect is, where everyone's like, well, like they let you go. I was like, do you know what you just did to him? Right. What you did to that person, like how they're going to move through life from now on, knowing they had a gun to their head, oh, to yeah. their back. Right. Oh, oh yeah. No. It, even when you're, even when you're running down the street, like I got a tread, I do have a treadmill now in my, of course, no. <laughs> I run on my treadmill. I'm like, yeah, yeah and <laughs> no cops on me. You know what I mean? But, but when you're out there and you're running the street and a car comes up to you and it's, and it moves slow. You get paranoid and there's a stop sign there. There might be a stop sign there, but you're still paranoid because you don't know what people are doing. This stuff happens every day and people don't have the opportunity to tell their story. So like one, I'm grateful and blessed and thankful that you're still here and you're able to kind of deal with such a traumatizing experience. Yeah. But to also bring it back to your comedy, now that you've experienced a situation like that, has that changed your perception about the types of things that you're okay making light of or talking about in your stand-up and beyond? I feel like it has changed. It's changed my artistry in the fact that when I'm on that stage now, I say I have to say something. It's not just about being funny anymore. Right. It's about going on the stage and leaving them with something and and relating to them in such a way that they've never been related to before. You understand? So I would be remiss if I didn't get on stage and I didn't talk about that experience. I've already it's already becoming part of my set. And, right. and yeah. because it's this is what it is. This is what's happening in America. It just woke me up to be like, yo, I have to talk about what's going on and not what's just going on in my life. I've got to cover everything. Let's talk about that. What are people concerned with? What bothers people? What are the issues? Let's talk about that. Let's put that up. Because if I just come out there and I just got a willy-nilly uh, special, made you laugh, and I kill, make you laugh for an hour, but I don't leave you with anything, I have failed as a comedian. Yes. Yeah. We have the power. Anybody, anybody that has an audience and has a large platform has the power to change the world. You have the power to... To, to say things that have never been said before. You have a pow- you have the power to inspire the future to make some change in their generation. Right. So you you have to you have to do that. And if you don't do that, you are failing in your job. So I I talk about everything now. I just talk about it. And I don't have a it doesn't feel like there's a there's not a a veil of of fear anymore. That veil has been lifted. Whereas before, I used to play it really safe, very safe with the stuff I talked about. That's interesting. What do you mean safe? Like, what were your parameters before? It was regular stuff. Like, oh, I went to the Bahamas, blah, blah, blah. But okay, okay. You went to the Bahamas, but but there are people dying. There's people dying in mm-hmm. Nigeria right now. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So talk about the important thing, like, from that aspect. Like, okay, I can talk about, I can talk about getting drugged or whatever, you know what I mean? You know, but 
you know, there's there's a lot of people getting drugged. But OK, how are you going to take that and shift it and make somebody say, OK, that's what I want to I want to stay away from that. Or I got to be mindful of that. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You have to you just have to. Yeah. It's made me just be more in depth just in, in my thought process. Uh, and it's not surface comedy anymore. I feel like before it might've been surface. It's not surface anymore. There's layers. I was going to say it's smart comedy. Yeah. It's, it's smart. It's intentional. Yes. The layers now. And, uh, finally (laughs) waking up as a black man in America. Whereas before I'm just like, man, I'm living dog. You know, everything is great. No, it's not. Turn on CNN. You turn on CNN, forget CNN, turn on BBC. And see everything that's going on in the world. I know. Yeah. And tell me how you as an artist can't talk about that. Yeah. Right. Tell me how you can't talk about that. You, you need to talk about that. Bring it to the light. Get more people. That's what's going to make you a legend. Not just playing it safe and, ah, uh, yeah, dead dog lick my ass. Whatever. You know, just fuck. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's cool. But you have to, you have to say something. I would say the difference between Chris Rock's First special, big ass jokes, and his Emmy winning, award winning special, Bring the Pain. Mm-hmm. There yes. was a transition yeah. there. There was a there was a sheer transition. You just said this man, this man is is talking, he's talking America. He's he's talking life right now. This is what we're going through. These are things that I've always thought about saying, but I've never said before. He's saying these things. Not just the Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, what up with these bitches? Hey, forget, forget all yeah. of them. You know what I'm saying? Forget that. Yeah. And I'm sorry. That's, I'm just giving an example. I'm not directing that to anybody. You know what I mean? Mom, sorry for using that <laughs> word. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Grandma. I have to apologize to my mom literally every week on this podcast. I'm like, oh, crap. Sorry, Mom. Listen, <laughs> stop listening here. <laughs> you say sorry, Grandma. I don't think my grandma would care. You were like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I ain't like that bitch either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma go hard. I love my grandma. But yeah, that it, it's transformed me in that way where I'm more thoughtful. And I can't wait. I can't wait to be able to be in front of a big crowd and, and just t- and speak it. Yeah. Just talk this stuff, man. Yeah. Just really break it down and talk about talk about these things. Whatever truth that you have, tell your truth. Yeah. Be real. People know when you're being serious. They know when you're being real with them. So pick the real route. Speak yeah. some truth up there. Because the truth is always funny. The truth is always funny. Comedy is activism. It like is. the acts of all the generations of old comedians getting on the stage that they didn't feel welcomed on in a space they didn't feel welcome on. Speaking of these like threads of like hurt and pain, but making it funny, like that is like one of the first forms of activism. So it gives you space to go there. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. You have a chance to change the world with your voice. This conversation has been amazing. It's so good. And we can go on and on about it, but like, I think it's time that like, we would love for you to brag. Like what's next? Like, tell us what to look out for. You told us about Nickelodeon. And we got two specials in the works. Yeah. But tell us like, what else can we brag about here? Let's see here. I, uh, <laughs> I got a movie that I did with Christina Milian that's going to be coming out on Netflix now. That's dropping. My first time being, I've never done a Netflix film. Is it a rom-com? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love a good Netflix rom-com. Also, Christina Milian takes me back. I know, I immediately saw the dance. Yes. Her and... and, and Somebody hit the lights. AM to the PM. Yes. AM to the PM. Also, Senqua Walls is in that movie. I have that. Uh, The movie with Christina Milian. I have another movie that I'm about to shoot for Netflix with Anderson Park and, and, and her and 
Ooh, it's a few, it's an animated film. That's awesome. The animated film I'm doing. Yeah, who else is in that movie? Uh, I think uh, Samuel, not Samuel, uh, uh, Meryl Streep is in the movie. Um, uh, Ice Cube is in it. So it's a, it's a fun one. It's an animated one. I'm doing that. I'm in Family Guy now. I'm 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 a, I'm a character in Family Ooh, Guy. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a re- a recurring character yeah, on the like show. Like a recurring where the money resides. Where the money resides. <laughs> where the money resides. Where the money resides. Because I do this all the time. Mary had a little lamb, and I do this all the time. There's another cartoon that I'm doing rehash series that's coming out. I I can't give you the title of it, but it's a it's a famous one. It's another famous one I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> I had another movie I'm going to shoot uh, in Spain. God dang it. Uh, what else do I got popping off? Uh, there's, uh, I, I got this, I, this other show I'm doing is, it's a pilot, so I can't, I don't, it's not picked up yet, so I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. But but you better stay a lot. and busy, Jay. Yes. Busy. Hey, yes. also, also, I've been working on this project. Uh, where, you know, I don't know if y'all know I can rap. Y'all did your research. We knew. You know we knew. It was a we, question, okay. but we know you have to move yeah, on. Yeah, we had, we had many questions bars. about that, but we know. We see. Got bars. So now I'm, I've been working on this project where I'm doing, um, where I'm, I'm doing impressions and I'm rapping. So I'm rapping as myself and, and rapping with the impression. So it's like I'm doing my own features. It's like you have Jay-Z featuring Jay Farrell, 50 Cent featuring Jay Farrell, Takashi 6 9 and Big Sean and Jay Farrell on the same track. Or Rick Ross and Jay Farrell and Lil Wayne on the same track, oh, and Ti and Jay Farrell. This is gonna be good. This is yeah, gonna be yeah. good. But you you can't tell the difference, yo. It's like literally, it's so crazy. You cannot tell the difference. Like if if I play this stuff for you, you're gonna be like, wow. And I got video for the video I did for the Big Sean, Takashi Six Nine, and I got deep fakes in the video. So it's Big Sean's face, oh it's Takashi's face, and it's wow. me, yo. Sorry, it's it's crazy. And shout out to the cast. Uh, shout out to the cast. I shot the movie. We don't have a, a title for the, the movie yet, the Christina Milian movie. Yeah. But a lot of them were in the, um, they were in the music video too. So they helped wow. me out. So that oh, was I a- love that. Well, Jay, yeah. we know you have to go, but like literally we only touched the surface of what we want to chat with you about. So you're going to have to come back. You Please do. come back. We have yeah. a bunch of impersonations <laughs> and impressions for you to do. But we always say this at the end because we truly are like, you're one of our black babes. We're proud of you. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank Keep grinding we're just going to keep supporting but we do like to end every podcast with an iteration of this question so if you could just fill in the blank all right i love being black because because everybody always wants to copy it (laughs) (laughs) that's true though i love being black the seasoning out Copying and take the seasoning. Yes, yes. And yep. make those flavorless chicken noodles. Mm-hmm. Uh, chicken yeah. noodles. noodles. Dash yes. of salt, maybe? Yes. Yeah, put something in there. <laughs> Some seasoning. Thank you so Thank you much. so much. This was please so much fun. Oh, work. Please, this was please, so please, much fun. I will. <laughs> I will come back. You ladies you, you ladies are establishing, um, uh, establishing a, a historic podcast here. And hopefully... It will be longevity. It will be longevity. Trust in God. I'm, I'm, all I'm receiving it. Everything you're putting <laughs> yep. down, I'm receiving. So thank you so much. Thank you. The Table is Ours is produced by us, Kirby Dixon and Amira Lawali. This episode was also produced by McKamey Lynn and Richard White and edited by Melissa Kaplan. Our researcher is Emma Fredericks. Our executive producers are Jesse Katz and Ted Butler. 
The Table's Ours was created by A&E. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.